Sherm Chester, along with Sam Bruno and our special guest today on the Seaco Sports Forum, Roger Brown from the Union Leader and NewHampshireHardball.com and NewHampshireFootballReport.com. Gentlemen, uh, busy weekend. Let's uh, let's kick off with what happened in Cooperstown, New York. And Sam, what did you think of the the enshrinement of Big Poppy? Well, it certainly was a uh, Big Poppy loving. Uh, he certainly. Uh, the media was all over this, and uh, he, he, he certainly delivered, gave a very good speech, uh, a lot of heartfelt speeches from uh, Jim Cart and Tony Oliva. It's great to see all the former uh, 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 Hall of Famers uh, come out on the stage, which is always a thrill. Uh, looks like Cooperstown did a great job hosting everyone. Um, I will want to give a tip of the cap to the MLB network. I don't know everybody has the MLB network, but that was the exclusive site for watching everything. And I thought the panel of Greg Amsinger, Harold Reynolds, and Tom Verducci did a great, great job uh, with a two-hour pre-show. And they produced it well. And they had some great people on. And they had Bob Costas and Peter Gammons. And for a baseball fan, uh, they had a lot of great stories and a lot of background. And so uh, hats off to the MLB network uh, on a, on a great, uh, great production there. I think it was Dennis Eckersley said in a piece that I saw on uh, Nesson, uh, Tom Cameron was interviewing Eck at Cooperstown and uh, Eck says, this is what David Ortiz w- w- was built for. This is his, this is his type of event. You know, he, this is his show. And it, and it was, I mean, he just, he, 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 could, he was the headliner, no doubt about it. And uh, what Roger, any impression on what you saw or did you get to watch it? Uh, actually, sure. I was watching the replay of the Friday night Toronto Red Sox game during that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I we got to bring comments. that up. Yeah, we got to bring that <laughs> one up too. I missed. I missed that massacre. Uh, uh, let, let's talk about that for a second. But we'll get back to Big Poppy. Uh, how I, I didn't catch the game because I was up at Havelock Field. There was a charity event, uh, three states uniting to uh for a good cause and uh we had a game up at hadlock field uh, and then uh, we'll talk more about that later but i missed that game and when i was leaving the hadlock field i said to one of the, the guys on, on in the uh, security i said uh, how the socks do tonight he says you don't want to know <laughs> so i knew it was bad but not that bad. <laughs> what give me give me what happened i mean tell me guys how did the wheels fall off that badly well, it starts with defense. Uh, it starts with the, the fly ball not being taken by Jaron Duran. It talks uh, pop-ups are dropping between guys. Uh, pitchers are throwing balls right down the middle, and you don't do that to a team like Toronto that uh, can go long. And uh, so, I mean, it was, it was just sometimes in baseball when you get that snowball rolling down the hill, it just doesn't stop and just forget about it. And, uh, you know, the beauty about baseball, it's 162 games and you can forget about it and move on to the next game. You can't carry over that 28 runs to the next day. So Roger, you brought it up. Uh, so what, what, what do you, I know, I know you're not a big fan of the Sox, but just, you know, what was your takeout on that? Well, I mean, it wasn't just that game, right? They weren't, they, don't they have like a 10 game stretch where they've been outscored by the most runs since like 1898 yeah. or something crazy. Yeah. So it's not just a one game thing. I mean, 28 runs, but this is what I don't understand about Red Sox fans. You see that center fielder, the ball goes over, what is his name? Duran. Yeah. Ball goes over his head. Fine. I can understand that, but to not make an effort to go run after it, I can't root for that guy the next day. I don't care what uniform he's wearing. Dodgers, Red Sox, whatever. 
but the Red Sox fans will just cheer that guy like he's the best prospect ever. You got to demand more out of your team. You, you got to have effort, and that that oh, that's just disgusting to me. Well, we're getting close to the the trade deadline. Whether the Red Sox will be a buyer or a seller. Uh, a few names that are floated out there is Juan Soto from the Nationals, the biggest one out there, I guess, right now, and Shohei Otani, which doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, explain why, the, I guess, Sam, why do you think they're letting Otani go out in uh, California? Is it because of the money? I, I think it's a I think it's a PR move. I think they want to keep their team uh, relevant, and I think they want to be in the discussion that they might do it. But he's not leaving Los Angeles. I don't think so. Not with a major market like that. You can't let a you can't let Otani leave a, the second biggest media market in the country. No, it doesn't make any sense. I, I, the, the talk is that the Atlanta Braves want him, and and that's where he'd be landing. Now, as far as Soto, there's several suitors there uh, for his bat. I mean, at one point the Red Sox were being talked about, but now uh, the latest from what I'm reading in the Globe is that. Uh, Xander Bogarts is probably the the chip that could fall somewhere in some other team's lap. And if they're not going to re-sign him, why not trade him, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Get, I guess. get something for him now. I mean, you know, they know what they're going to do with him long-term. So if they're not going to keep him, I see no reason to get another half season out of him. Like Sam said, I hope Otani doesn't leave Los Angeles. That would leave him only one team to go to. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get Aaron Judge. <laughs> you know, on that on that on that uh, Red Sox situation, Sherm and Raj, I think uh, I think Xander Bogats is gone. He's 30 years old. I think the writing was on the wall when they got Trevor Story uh, that he was going to move over to shortstop, and that was going to be his place. And uh, Jeter Downs is eventually going to show up somewhere. So I think Bogarts will probably be moved. Again, you're dealing with Heim Bloom, who's got the Tampa Bay mentality. It's uh, don't let anybody get too old, trade them, get some prospects and build up through the farm system. And that's what you're going to try to do. Keep your payroll down, give you plenty of payroll flexibility. That's the new term for the Boston mm. Red Sox. Mm. The only guy you've got to pay now is Devers. Devers has to get his $350 million and move on. Uh, but everybody else is expendable right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there are a couple of moves by August 2nd, especially Bogarts. So you're, you're saying sellers. Uh, J.D. Martinez, Bogarts, both, you know, they'll go, they'll go to a team that, would be in contention contention for a wild card, uh, possibly in the National League. Um, you know, someone like the Brewers, uh, someone like uh, uh, the Padres. Uh, you know, I think I think those are teams that uh, might be available for them right now. Yeah, the one I can't understand though is why the uh, Angels want to get rid of uh, Otani. I just don't get that. I, I unless they have aspirations of going after Judge and, and opening up the vaults for him. Uh, but even still, I mean, they, that hurts their pitching as well as their hitting and, an, and, and a novelty. I mean, a guy who can go play both ways and bring people to sit in the seats. And that's the, the whole sum and substance of baseball. We put fannies in the seats and I don't get it. Well, back to the hall of fame for a sec. I, I, I came in late. Um, I, I came in when Tony Oliva was getting up to do his speech and, and it, it was a fun speech. It was an overlong speech. Uh, heartfelt speech. And I mean, this was his moment in the sunshine and everybody was like, okay, when's he going to end? Well, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> even the guys sitting there behind him, the hall of famers were like, okay, <laughs> this is enough. Let's go and, and get, and get big Pappy on there because, you know, we, 
he was again, he was the headliner. Um, his speech, he hit all the, the right notes, uh, you know, on the scales. And so I, I thought it was a fun day, but now next year, I was looking at the possible candidate. <laughs> Nobody there. Nothing out there. Nothing out there. there. I mean, your, your, high, your high water mark is uh, Carlos Beltran That's and right. John Lackey. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I don't think I'd put anybody in next year, and I don't think there will be. You know, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think there's going to be. I think. I think what will happen. I think Barry Bonds will get in. Really? Again, he was he was at sixty six percent. I think I think next year will be the year that he will get the 75 percent. And I think bonds will go in and Clemens may be close. You know what I would like to see? And, and it's no knock on the old timers that got put in, but give them more time to shine. And especially in the prime time, you know, like Tony Oliva and Jim Cott and those guys. Um, OK, next year, if they don't put in one of the name brand more current guys, loaded up on the old timers. I mean, some of those guys like Louis Tiant's name was brought up during the hall of fame ceremonies. Now there's a guy who should be in the hall of fame. I mean, he doesn't have the superstar numbers, but he had the character and he, and he, and he just was somebody that, you know, everybody thinks good thoughts about, you know, I don't think anybody can really badmouth El Tiante. Roger, what do you think? What would you pick anybody for next year? I'm probably the wrong guy to ask her because if I was in charge of the Hall of Fame, it would be very, very difficult to get in. Uh, it would be a much smaller group than is in there now. If you were one of the writers and had one of the votes <clears throat> next year, and I don't know if you've seen the list of what's available, but we mentioned two Beltran and Lackey were two of the of the few that are named. There's I think seven that are eligible. Well, I haven't seen the list, but certainly not those two names. They don't do it for me. You know, I, I'm the guy that once you say the name, you don't have to think about it. He's either in or out. That's how good he has to be, you know. So uh, those two are easy to pass on. Yeah, I want to go back to something just for a quick second. The, the All-Star game. Um, domination again by the American League. Sam, we, we, we didn't pick the starters. I thought it would be Otani for the American League. You, you were saying it, Verlander. Turned out to be uh, the kid from Tampa Bay, uh, right, and, and and kind of threw us off. We we kind of thought Goslin would start for the National League. They went with the hometown kid Kershaw. Takeaways from from that game? Anything that, that came out at you? Well, I, I just the dominance of the of the American League, the American League pitchers. I mean, after that first inning, they just came in and they just. They just did a great, great, great job uh, one at a time. Boom, 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 and knocked down those National League hitters. Um, so it certainly uh, certainly was, uh, was, was the pitching that did it and not the hitting. You know? You'd like to see more hitting in an all-star game, but it just wasn't the case. Mm. Roger, now your, your hometown team, the ones you, you root for, the Dodgers hosting the event, they did, I think they did a nice job. I think you know, it, it was a California production, no doubt about it. Kershaw starting the game. Uh, a sentimental favorite to do it. Anything else you take away from that? Didn't see it, sure. We, were, we had a Legion game that night, so we were playing on the road. So I got home, I think it was the bottom of the eighth. So, uh, you know, as much as I would have liked to watch it at Dodger Stadium, I really, really didn't get to take it in, who, unfortunately. Who, who gave up those home runs to Stanton and Buxton? <laughs> was it uh, Tony Goslin of the Los Angeles Dodgers? <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, better in the All-Star game. I hope he doesn't do the World Series. 
I thought it was cool that Stanton, I didn't realize he was a California kid. And, that you know, uh, after the game, when they gave him the, the Ted Williams trophy for being the MVP, he went and um, said, you know, I sat in the bleachers and he pointed out to the left field and said, that's where me and my dad used to go catch these games. And and he had the, the thing of always wanting to be a Dodger and maybe someday will be, uh, you know, right now uh, he's with the, another powerhouse. So he's happy being with the Yankees, but uh, yeah, it was kind of cool. And uh, it was, it was a well done production before we bounce out of baseball. Uh, I just wanted to ask you Roger about uh, on the local scene. I know uh, you're involved with the Legion and uh, what's going on in the state for uh, the baseball for Legion and anything else? Tournaments, the state tournaments are going on, sure. But the senior division, which is uh, the older kids, Concord is playing Londonderry in the championship there. And then the junior division, which is uh, high school kids, but the younger ones, that tournament starts uh, later this week, Friday at Gill Stadium. So uh, Exeter and Portsmouth are the two local teams in the uh, junior tournament. So we'll get some local representation. So these are kids that definitely are going to have some uh, future with, with both the Clippers and with the Blue Hawks and, and other Oh, yeah, yeah. These are, these are kids that will be – a lot of them will be moving up to the varsity level next year. Excellent. So, Excellent. Um, yeah, it's a, good, it's a good brand of baseball. And, uh, you know, good, they run a, the state runs a good tournament as well. Baseball is coming to a close. Now it's going to be uh, heading into football and football season. Now, when does the NHIAA allow – uh, the camps to start August 12th, a few days of, uh, non-contact and what have you. Yeah. This is what, uh, not to go back to the COVID days, but we take all this preparation because we want the kids to prepare for the heat and get acclimated. But right. of course, two years ago, if it was 97, we made them wear masks. So, you know, <laughs> go figure. Any news on anything happening in the, in the high school ranks uh, coming for this coming season? Um, I think we just, I can't remember. I think we touched on it last time. Sure. we're going to re, you know, reshuffle things or shuffle things in division one. So now we have three conferences, seven teams in each. We've got 13 playoff teams. They've wiped out all Thanksgiving day games because now the championship game is played the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So that's a, I know that's not a big deal around here, but it is a big deal in places like Nashua and Manchester where they'd like to play a game. One question I did want to ask you about the uh, off week. Now, have they, have they rectified that situation? So is there an off week in the schedule for each team? Or Yes, there's an off week, and you can either take it off or you can schedule an out-of-state opponent, or apparently you could schedule an in-state opponent. So – some teams are going to be playing more games that count towards the playoffs than others, uh, which, you know, is not ideal, clearly. But um, fortunately, most of the teams that wanted to play a game during their off week were able to schedule it out of a state opponent, but it was not easy. I can tell you that just from talking to the coaches. So I think we've got games against Rhode Island, Mass, Vermont, and Maine this year, you know. Mm. I think the majority of the teams are playing out of state. It seems a little messy compared to what we had, you know, the past few years, which is a very good system. Champlain Valley Union High School from Vermont coming to Ball Correct. Stadium on September 10th. So Correct. So Originally, be... it was going to be Bishop Girton. 
replaced that, them with uh, Champlain Valley. I don't know why they didn't let Exeter play an in-state opponent when they are letting other teams play in-state, but, you know, that's that's just the way it is, I guess, this year. So I do know Champlain Valley made the, made the uh, Vermont uh, title game last year, and uh, they got a lot of their best players back. They were junior-laden team. Uh, so, you know, hopefully it's a good game, good competitive game. Since we last spoke, there's a new director of athletics at the University of New Hampshire, and uh, that is Dr. Allison Rich. And she had her official uh, press conference last week, and uh, Marty Scarano is uh, in the last few days of his term as director of athletics. And I'm just curious, Raj, what would you hope that she has on her to-do list at the University of New Hampshire for the Wildcat Sports? I would say she needs to do whatever is necessary to get football and hockey uh, back to where it was years ago when both yeah. both sports were thriving at the university. You know, they drive the athletic department there. Um, so I don't know, you know, what that is in terms of maybe it's uh, upgraded facilities. I know the Whittemore Center is going all, you know, having a facelift. Um, and the football stadium just, you know, they put a lot of money into that recently, but um, you know, when, when those two sports are going good, UNH athletics is going good, you know, cause they do have, they do have good, um, sports that are not, you know, let's say not in the limelight, so to speak, or as much as those two, but those are the two that, uh, need to be successful in my opinion. I guess one thing she was asked at the press conference, uh, that followed by a couple of your fellow scribes that, Hey, are you going to bring back baseball and softball and she said, you know, she's open. She, the way she said it in her press conference, she's open to expanding the sports horizons at UNH. However, it's, you know, going to be obviously one step at a time. So uh, probably won't see any major overhauls. I know Princeton had uh, many, many, many more sports than we have here at the uh, University of New Hampshire. But uh, do you see anything happening there or just a wish list that you'd make? No, I don't, I don't think they have the money, Dad sports and they just built a soccer field on the baseball field so (laughs) done deal sam again i can't use the word upheaval or turmoil i'll use the uh changing times in college sports right now especially for smaller colleges uh right now um you don't know which way things are going to go with name image and likeness uh how you can recruit there with the transfer portal um you know football's in a different division uh basketball is division one um you know with all the conferences doing weird things right now uh you've really got to stay above ahead of the curve on this type of thing to be able to get the talent that you need to put together a competitive team as mike murphy said for example in football a lot of the uh fcs teams uh, some of the fcs teams are moving up to fbs Uh, james madison for example are coming out some of the national powers are are moving out into the big league right now so uh you know, it's just too changeable right now. I think you have to take a step back right now and take a look. But, you know, with with Rick Santos as head coach right now, I'm really looking forward to the season uh, and see what kind of uh, what kind of program Rick's going to put together and what kind of offense uh, and defensive schemes we're going to see in Durham uh, when the Wildcats open up on September 1st, 7 o'clock, uh, Thursday night against Monmouth. 
Roger, what is, what is your take? Uh, I, I don't think we kicked it around the last time you were on about the, the what Sam just brought up, all the shifting in in, in the college ranks. Uh, the biggest one, obviously, what went on in the West Coast. Uh, uh, what what's your take? Is just the way of the future, like Sam was saying? Seems that way, Sherm. You know, we're probably going to have just a few mega conferences. And, and in football, you almost wonder if the, the leftovers, so to speak, if they're ever like maybe the FCS level just gets uh, removed or maybe they join in with the, you know, the smaller FBS schools to form their own one bigger division, perhaps. I mean, I don't know. That's, there's a lot of those FCS schools that probably can't afford to do that. But, you know, if you're like uh, New Mexico state, what are you going to do when you're not in one of these big power conferences, you're just going to be an afterthought and, um, you know, I think it'll have a ripple effect on all the all the teams in some form or fashion, at least in football. Something Sam had read, uh, and I don't know if you've heard anything about it and, and could confirm or deny about potentially down the road, Boston College having a game against the Wildcats football team. Yeah, I think 2028 they've scheduled that game. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it'll be a nice way to con- a nice way to commemorate my 80th birthday. I think oh. that's what I will I will look forward to that <laughs> in 2028. Before we go to the two minute drill, uh, the NBA, uh, the Celtics, we know how that all ended. Uh, the latest rumor is Kevin Durant's looking for a home, and and I just read in the Globe today that J- uh, they're thinking Jalen Brown for Durant. Would you guys go for that in a trade? I would not. I would not. I would think that um, um, the uh, Brad Stevens and Coach Udoka right now, I think I uh, have some building blocks right now. And I think if they draft well, I think they'll be OK. Uh, I think Kevin Durant uh, will probably get hurt at some point and uh, probably not a good move right now. What about you, Raj? Anything on the NBA? Well, tell me if I'm wrong, because uh, I'm not the biggest of NBA fans, but I heard it was. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and first-round picks for Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, that, that's makes right. It, that makes it an easy no for me. You know, I'd probably say no anyways, but uh, certainly not for that package. I know they, they didn't like the way it ended for the Celtics, but, you know, there's always next year, and all these other teams are shifting. Let them shift. I think, I think Tatum, Tatum will figure it out, and Brown will. Will get, Brown will get better. Two-minute drill time. Sam, why don't you lead it off? Well, I think I'm going to talk about the August 2nd trade deadline. I think uh, some years the August uh, or the end of July trade deadline is rather ho-hum, but I think this August 2nd is going to be fireworks galore. I think there are going to be with the extra wildcard teams right now, there are more teams that uh, are going to be buyers than sellers right now. I think the teams that want to sell will have a fire sale and just move people uh, as as quickly as they can. And the teams with the money are just going to scoop them up right now, and they're just going to try to rent players, and they're going to go for that wild card slot right now. Whether the Red Sox will be buyers or sellers, um, I think this week will be important. I think if they fall five, six games out of a wild card spot, they definitely will be sellers. Uh, definitely Bogarts and Martinez will be on the trading block and i'll make a prediction right now about the number one person who the teams are looking at juan soto of the washington nationals roger he will not be going to the los angeles dodgers i'm sorry to say why not? Will not why be, not? he will not be going there but he will be going to the west coast 
My prediction for Juan Soto is that there's going to be an outfield of that mega young superstar, Julio Rodriguez, and Juan Soto will end up in Seattle, and the Seattle Mariners will finally, finally get to the playoffs and be a playoff-bound team with an outfield of Rodriguez and Juan Soto. All that Nike money is going to come out and help out to pay for Juan Soto. Hmm, interesting. That's an interesting proposition there. Roger, before you uh, uh, kick off your two-minute drill, I just wanted to ask you a couple of quickies. Um, Hunter Long was up here for the Chad game, and uh, did you get a chance to talk with him at all? I did not. I saw him, but I didn't speak with him. Okay, because I... Roger, I'm gonna, I just got to jump in here. Roger, I have to thank you for sending me the tweet, the hilarious tweet, and if you get a chance to see this, of the Miami Dolphins players. Hunter Long interviewed some Miami Dolphins players and tried to make them pronounce Exeter. They couldn't do it. Guys were saying, how many E's are in this word? And, and, and they, they messed it up totally. And Hunter was laughing like crazy. Uh, but uh, Roger, you retweeted that to me today. I don't know who sent it to you, but uh, I thought it was hilarious. Exeter. I love the way everybody is. Exeter. Uh, yeah, we can't pronounce it around here. Why do we expect the Miami Dolphins? <laughs> oh, the Dolphins place. Exter. Exter. Etter. They couldn't get it right. Roger, do you think Hunter's going to have some significant playtime this year with the with the Dolphins? You're just your guess. I really don't know. Sure, might have to look at their see how training camp goes. I guess a little bit more okay. before I could venture a guess as to that. Two-minute drill time for you. But my two-minute drill is uh, the Shrine uh, Maple Sugar Bowl is coming up. Uh, people know that's a high school all-star game, the, the oldest one in the state. It's August 6th. A lot of Exeter. I think there's three Exeter kids, some more kind of kids. And uh, it's a little bit of a drive because they play at Castleton uh, University in Vermont, but for a very good cause. And uh, you know, if you want to make a day of it and support some local, some local athletes, it's, it's a fun time. So uh, you can go on their website. I think it's shrinemaplesugarbowl.org for tickets or more information about the game. Well, I just wanted for my two minute drill, wanted to uh, mention that last week I got to do something, uh, you know, one of those bucket list things. Uh, I got to go to Havelock field and be the public address announcer for a charity baseball game. It was uh, the three stage night charity tournament to benefit the Phoenix, a group that uh, helps out folks that have substance use and also uh, mental health issues. And uh, Scott Blakely and the Northeast Tides uh, played the Hardball Crusaders, a group of players from the Portland area and from around New England. Uh, they're going to be doing a second game at Gill Stadium on August the 5th. And that will start at five o'clock. They have a home run derby before the contest. And so it uh, was a lot of fun up at Hadlock in Portland. Now they moved to Gill Stadium. And there is another game, uh, time and place to be determined. That'll be in later in the month of August. And it looks like it's going to be in Worcester, but I'll have more on the next program about that one. But August 5th, Gill Stadium, three states unite. And uh, I encourage you to go Tides versus the Hardball Crusaders. Again, I want to thank Roger Brown, our special guest who uh, has not only NewHampshireHardball.com, but NewHampshireFootballReport.com. And uh, any headlines coming up on any of those, either one of those sites that we can tease? Yeah, we're starting high school previews on the football site this week. Um, 
and we'll have information on UNH uh, coming up shortly. The, uh, the league CAA is about to release the, the uh, all-conference teams and the predicted order of finish, the preseason poll, and things like that. So we're really starting to enter into uh, football territory here in the next week or so. Excellent, sir. We will look forward to that. Don't forget to watch the episodes of the Seco Sports Forum on our YouTube page. And when you're there, hit the bell to subscribe and like us. And if you have any sports photos or game videos you'd like to share with us or comments, send them to Forum at yahoo.com. For our special guests, Roger Brown and Sam Bruno, I'm Sherm Chester, inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seco Sports Forum. <laughs>